It's a goal! He's done it! Yeah, what a shot! This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Just Sports. Hello and welcome to Just Sports. It's a bright sunny morning and there are some days that I really look forward to meeting Rahul. This is one of them. Hello Rahul! <laughs> Hello, Summer. This is one of those days that I really don't look forward to meeting you. Oh, well, 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 we all have our days. This is one of the days. So we'll be kind to Rahul uh, uh, in this podcast. We won't discuss the EPL, but we will discuss the Champions League. So we have football. We will discuss James Anderson and his place amongst the football, uh, sorry, amongst the cricketing greats. And a little bit about the Summer Olympics. Uh, is it a futile exercise and is there any point in having them? Let's start with football. Rahul, the Champions League is back. And the English clubs, barring one, uh, have done uh, pretty well, I would say. Yes, uh, I think that um, barring one, uh, the the English clubs all had very good results uh, over over the first um, the first round of matches. Uh, I think uh, the most impressive win uh, of the lot was. Uh, probably Spurs win uh, well, Dortmund. Good. 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 Um, in beating Dortmund uh, at home. Wembley is never a, an easy place for Spurs to play. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chelsea won handsomely, United won very well, and uh, yesterday Man City won um, extremely well. So, you know, one of the things uh, that yeah. also came across, Rahul, is the fact that this year, I honestly see at as, as one of the most open Champions League tournaments, you know, PSG is on a roll. Messi seems to be a man on a mission. I mean, let's let's be honest. He's just he's just playing sublime football. And Madrid has really not kicked in yet. So it's going to be a tough one and the English clubs are doing pretty well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can definitely see that. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that we'd all uh, written off Barcelona um, uh, before the start of the season, but, um, you know, they've really started the season well and, and what an impressive win um, for them over Juventus uh, uh, on Tuesday and uh, Real who I think everybody where everybody's kind of tips um, have not started very well as well neither in the league um, although they did win um, in the Champions League PSG are you know they're definitely out to win this uh, title aren't they um, you know the kind of investment that they've made um, uh, you know if they if they don't manage to get to the to the semis or the finals, um, you know, that'd be bitterly disappointing for them, wouldn't it? Yeah, correct. And they, and they have it, Rahul. I mean, look at their, look at, and, and look at all the teams and look at the firepower at their disposal. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people were, were, um, were wrong, basically, to, to, to say, oh, you know, they just beat Celtic. Um, uh, they beat Celtic 5-0 at Celtic Park. Celtic Park is never the easiest place in the world to go. Um, but d- despite the quality of, of the opposition, I mean, look at the football that they're playing. Look at the kind of firepower that they have at their disposal. Now, whether they can turn that on consistently in the Champions League or not is a different thing. But um, you cannot write off the fact that they have absolutely phenomenal players. Absolutely. And I think the one thing that's also coming across, Raul, is that, you know, the German clubs are going to struggle this time. Bayern Munich doesn't seem to be, you know, getting its act together. Dortmund uh, last night were, you know, not out, out there. I think yeah. the, one thing, the one thing that's come to the fore, Rahul, is that the Neymar, you know, uh, transfer has changed the world football scenario in more ways than one because now players are just looking at the big money they're not satisfied with 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 you know just getting 40 million 50 million 
it's now it's going to be a whole new ball game, and that's reflecting in football. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, the, I think a you know a lot a lot of the debate of the Champions League remains about. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of the, the teams that are in there, you know, Quaburg, who Chelsea destroyed, and, and Maribor, and, you know, a bunch of these teams that are in it, I mean, are they really good enough to be in it? Um, that's one of the arguments. I suppose the other argument is that, you know, now you've got these massive clubs who um, are funded not just by corporations, I mean, they're funded by countries. Um, and they have the ability to go out and basically buy every single player that they want. Um, and it will shift the dynamic of where the power lies in football. It may not shift it this year, but it will shift it. Um, it will shift for and, sure. And you've seen it. I mean, you've seen it in, in the English Premier League is an example of that. I mean, Man City and Chelsea are now, you know, two of the biggest clubs in Europe. But 20 years ago, neither of them were. So it is a function of money. And a lot of it comes down to that. Yeah, so I think the Champions League would be fun this time. And I, I really think that... You know, I'll be kind to you. I mean, Sevilla are a, a tough team, so Liverpool didn't get a bad result. No, Liverpool got an awful fucking result um, on account of the fact that our centre back is a, is should be shot or put out to bloody pasture. He is not a centre back. He's a clown, and he keeps falling over when he needs to stand up. I mean, the man just needed to stand up. That's all. He cannot stand up. And this is my biggest problem with Liverpool. I mean, Jurgen Klopp, I got a lot of time for the man, but he's had two years to sort out defence, and I actually think our defence is worse this season than it was last season. Rant over. I was being kind to Rahul Puri, but Rahul Puri is not being kind to him. Rahul Puri is not in a... In a he, he really is not in a mood to be kind to anybody because these matches start at 1.45 in the morning and you stay up at one, till 1.45 to watch the match. And by 1.50, we're 1-0 down at home to severe because our centre-back can't kick the ball with his right foot. Uh, okay, so uh, I think it's better to move on because I do not want to uh, give my friend a heart attack and we will move on from from from, from football. Uh, we have had enough discussion on football. Moving on from football round, Jimmy Anderson, 500 test wickets, but I don't know if he's one of the greats. I mean, it's just been, he's just a bowler that seems like workmanship. And you know, doesn't have the flair of the Akrams or the of or the Shoei Bakhtas or the Dale Staines or the Glenn McGraths or the Lilies or the Thompsons. I mean, is that true about him? He just seems like a workmanship kind of bowler. No, I I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think Jimmy Jimmy Anderson is an artist. I, I really do. I think he um, is possibly the only great exponent of the swinging, swinging ball left in the world. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who uh, is um, he's in the Glenn McGrath mold, I think, that way. He's not, a, he's not an Akram, he's not a Marshall, he's not a Wasim Akram, uh, he's not a Wakar Yunus, um, he's not even a Dale Steyn. Um, he's very much in the Glenn McGrath mold. And, you know, I think a lot needs to be looked at, when you look at, at Anderson in hindsight, you have to look at the kind of teams that he played in, and you have to look at the kind of strategy that the teams um, employed. Uh, he played, and a great deal of his success came under Andy Flower, when England used to play under Andy Flower, first with Michael Vaughan and then, of course, with, with Andrew Strauss. And England were an attritional side, which basically meant that 
um, a lot of Anderson and Broad's success was putting the ball on a good length, ball after ball after ball after ball after ball, and getting the batsman working on the batsman's patience. Yeah, but that's, no, that's, that's, that's what I meant, Rahul, that, you know, with, with James Anderson, when you say he's in the Glenn McGraw mold, but, but McGraw was still considered, you know, one of the greats. I mean, somehow, I don't see James Anderson in the same bracket as the 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 top level fast bowlers of the world probably not i mean you know i i think that you know if you look at anderson's record um i think it's 34 for his first 50 tests it's about 28 for his second 50 tests and uh since he hit 100 tests his uh his average is 21 or something like that um i think there's a very big difference between his average in england and outside of england and i think that's that's telling um but I think for a period of time, probably between sort of 2008 and 2013, um, he was genuinely a great bowler. Um, you know, he was brilliant in, uh, in England's win over India, here in India. The one thing um, about Jimmy you mentioned... I, I have a lot of time for Jimmy, but I, I agree, he's probably not in that, that, he's not in that bracket. Also, Rahul, I think what, what you mentioned correctly right now, and I think that's the point that has to be made, that he's one of the greatest exponents of the swing ball. But, you know, swing bowling on its own, you know, is working in very few conditions. It's working only pretty much in England. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the swinging ball is, is... And, you know, that's the other thing that, that, that I would say here is that, you know, a, a lot depends on... You know, you, you see spinners walking around these days with ridiculously low averages. You see swing bowlers walking around with ridiculously low averages. And I think part of the problem is is that people can't play either spin or swing. Um, now, that's not Jimmy Anderson's fault. I'm not saying that it's his fault. It's got nothing to do with him because... But he is a genuine master now of the swinging ball. And he's very similar to Zaheer Khan, I think, that way. Um, um, he's probably a better bowler than Zaheer, but... Um, he's very similar that it took him a long time to work out how to bowl um, but he's learned how to bowl now and I think he is genuinely um, one of the best around them right now he is one of the best I completely you know agree with you but I would still not put him amongst the great fast bowlers of the world you know He's no, not of, not of all time, but he's certainly one. Of, I, I think he's sort of he's definitely one of England's greatest fast bowlers, if not England's greatest fast bowler. That's why I'm saying much, Raul. I mean, come on, England no, doesn't. Have, England, probably, England, no, probably not. Exactly but not. I mean, you know, uh, England have had have had very good fast bowlers. Um, some very good fast bowlers. Um, but I think that what's important is that um, we we look at Anderson's achievements. Uh, based on almost a journey of where England were when he started. And remember, he started in 2001, 2002, when England were, were regularly getting hammerings from Australia. And look at the journey of the team under him and how it has completely changed. Um, and he has been a key component for that change to making England possibly one of the best teams in the world at the moment. Okay, so James Anderson, but I mean, 500 test wickets, you can't, you can't take that away from any... any, any no, you can't argue you with that. You cannot, you can't argue with that, but he's not one of the greatest. I think we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, moving on, Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. 
I mean, come on, who would have ever thought that? It's, it's funny that at the, the start of the year, both you and I said, yeah, they're finished. This is their last year. This is their last year. They're never gonna, they're, they're not gonna play next year and stuff like that. Well, they're not, yeah, they're, they're defending champions now for all the Grand Slams, every single one. And if you, if you ask me honestly, Rahul, you know, I'm going to put my neck out there and say, maybe the next year might not be too different. It might not. It I might mean, not I, be too different. I, I, I wrote, um, uh, after Rafa won that, that, you know, it just goes to show you with Djokovic gone, Murray injured, um, Federer knocked out in the quarterfinals. It just goes to show you that there is, there is nobody else. There's nobody to take advantage of the fact that some of these great players have been struggling. And that is really sad for, 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 for men's tennis. Yeah, but that's the way it is. And I might not, I mean, we might not see, you know, a, a different story next year. And it could be these, these two again dominating Rahul. I mean, that's, but that's quite that's, possibly. I mean, you know, Rafa is, if Roger can do it um, at his age, Rafa can do it at least until he's Roger's age. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's got years left in him. And, and look at the tennis they're playing. I mean, at the end of the day, they're both playing terrific tennis. Yeah, 19 Grand Slams for, for Federer and 16 for Rafa. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Un unbelievable. Unbelievable what the two of them have done. Okay, and moving on uh, to the Olympics. Uh, okay, the Summer Olympics will be held in 2024 in some city and then in 2028 in some other city. I mean, come on, Rahul. I mean, the Olympics, I understand it's a spectacle and all of that, but hasn't it maybe outlived its utility now, outlived its time? I mean, you spend these millions and billions of dollars making the city ready for it, and then nothing seems to happen after that. Yeah, or it should only be held in cities that already have the infrastructure for sports. I mean, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's two points to this, isn't there? I mean, the Olympics and the World Cup, the Football World Cup, um, are, these two large, are these two large events that take place. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the sort of mandate from the IOC and the mandate from, um, from FIFA is to spread the game around the world, right? Um, but nobody really thinks about the cost of spreading that game around the world, right? And the cost of, of the infrastructure that goes in. And how, look, I mean, 20, 2016, I mean, after a 2014 World Cup and a 2016 Olympics, you know, the Brazilian economy is practically crippled. You know? It's tatters. It's absolute tatters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how many countries in the world actually have the wherewithal to be able to do this? And I think that, you know, if the Olympics is really going to to survive, it's got to find a better way of utilizing, of of finding countries that can utilize the infrastructure that's been built. Sure, absolutely, and I think that's the that's the challenge. Which is why I come back to the fact of saying we need to host it on those countries that already have the infrastructure. Because you know, going to countries and and making infrastructure there. It's it's just a waste of it's just a waste of bloody money. I, mean, I would look, look look at I mean Qatar. I mean we're not talking about the Olympics. We're looking about the, talking about the World Cup. Qatar is is spending all of this money and building all of these stadiums for what? I mean for what? For absolutely what? I mean what is Qatar going to do? And I would dread to think if India was to get the Olympics or the World Cup, it would be just an I mean it would be disaster. No, I, I can't see India bidding for it, and I can't see India bidding for, for either of them, quite frankly. You never know, our political leadership wants to build bullet trains, so yeah, we might just bid for the Olympics.
Well, bullet trains are, are a, a different thing. The Olympics, on the other hand, I mean, that's... Uh, you never know. You never know. Well, so that's all we have time for in Just Sports. Uh, we are going to get Rahul uh, go away this time. Rahul, I was kind to you. Come on, you have to admit. You you were. You were good to me, Summer. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That was good to you. And, uh, and this weekend, it's Chelsea versus Liverpool. So it's going to be another fun podcast. No, no, it's, it's, we're, we're playing Burnley at home. Oh, when are you playing Chelsea? At this point, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Burnley versus Liverpool. And... That also might be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm fully expecting Burnley to rack up and sneak a, a, a naughty 2-0 win. Why not? You never know how that might go. But thank you very much, Mr. Puri. I shall see you soon. And yes. um, this is all we have uh, on Just Sports. Like we say, if it's a hole-in-one, if it's a penalty, if it's a goal, we cover it for you. And uh, keep writing into us. Keep telling us what you think about it. It's been a year. Today is actually the 51st podcast. So next year, next time it's going to be 52. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Mori, it's been a year. Yep, absolutely. Year of fun. Year of fun. So keep listening and keep writing into us. Take care. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.